Whether you keep them in your home or love to see them in theirs, these are the creatures that bring us all together. Reptiles. Reptiles. We're going to be delving into the experiences of reptile lovers from around the block and around the world. This is the Reptile Talk Podcast. Boom! What is going on, everybody? This is Jeremy Turton from Brassman Reptiles. And I'm Rob, and I'm creeping it real. And we are kicking off the new year strong. Uh, if you saw our last episode uh, or listened to our last episode, we are kind of talking about what we're hoping to do. Um, oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, YouTube was in the background, and that just started really loudly in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, yeah, you heard that uh, we're coming back with vengeance uh, coming into 2024. So if you check us out and watch the videos live on YouTube, you're going to get a whole bunch of Reptile Talk content uh, over the next three days, which I'm super stoked about. Um, if you are just listening to the audio only, uh, we've got a bunch of episodes coming your way and I'm super stoked about it. Yes, so, sir. Let's go before, uh, before we bring on our guests. How you doing, Rob? I'm, I'm okay. I, it's a little chilly out right now, so I'm bummed that I have not really seen a whole lot of reptiles out recently. Uh, have you found my... a January herp yet? No. Well, I found a, I found a fence lizard and an anole, but no snakes yet. Okay. All right. Well, look, this January. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I found I found two snakes on not New Year's Eve, but the day before New Year's Eve. So December 30th, I was finding snakes. So Okay. All right. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. Still it still you? beats New England. <laughs> yeah, for real. I was texting with my friend Lauren today and she's like, Oh yeah, we got six inches of snow. And I was like, oh, no. Never. You're like you're like I got six inches of decay snake right yeah. here. <laughs> I didn't think that's where you're going with it, but okay. <laughs> We're gonna try to keep this PG. Hey, 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 hey. Oh man, no, I'm doing good, man. Um, the new year has has been a whirlwind, to say yeah. the least. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm excited. Uh, I've been starting this new build for the Amazon Trebo racks, mm, um, which yes. I'm very excited about. Um, I've been staining the wood today, which is cool. It's really nice, like uh, red oak stain, mm. and it's Hell it's yeah. coming along. Yeah, it's coming along super nicely. Um, these Cambro tubs, dude. Tight. These are these are freaking awesome. <laughs> <They look laughs> like really I'm so, cool. yeah, I'm so stoked about it. So this is um the first step into getting the Amazon wall completed. Um, and then uh, I'll probably build at least two more of these racks mm-hmm. and, uh, and then the rest will be like cages and stuff like that. So, okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So stoked about that. Also shout out to our show sponsor, black box cages. Uh, yeah. they help make all this possible. And now, now you can use code reptile talk at checkout and save some money on a cage so you should go ahead on over to blackboxcages.com speaking of black box jen is in the building what's up hey, jen? don't forget the quickest turnaround time in the game that's you it. that and that's you're not it. waiting until the snake is an adult to get the enclosure so exactly make exactly. sure you hit them it's up nice and they've got some great things going on there working on arboreal racks, Stairlight 66 quart racks. Um, they're uh, working on a new rack that uh, I'm going to talk about uh, a little bit more later, especially when it comes in. Um, <laughs> yes, it, it's it's the fastest turnaround unless you order a custom rack like me. uh then it takes a little bit longer especially when you lock it in like during the holiday season but uh but (laughs) but no super super excited about uh what's to come uh from them with this rack and i'll talk more about that once it's here and i can actually like show it off a little bit Um, oh yeah but yeah so okay without further ado i'm super stoked we're talking we're talking florida we're talking about and, and not the bad part of florida yeah, the decent part of Florida. <laughs> <laughs> so we're we're gonna be hanging with our boy Yoshi from Modern Reptile Shop. Let's get him on and the Reptiles with podcast. Hey, Bang. hello, <laughs> how are up, you? Chilling, chilling, hanging out. Oh, okay. 
I wasn't going to say anything, but, you know, our good buddy Alex decided to chime in with this comment. I'm going to highlight this comment. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm read it. I'm going to read it. Are you guys about to have the tallest person in the industry on? Yes. It's yeah. yes. <laughs> He's like, do not ever bring out a tape measure around me, but I am the tallest person. I am in the tallest. I cannot stand next to Will Mace or anybody. He's like close. Chad Brown. Who? Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh! But Yo. what's up, dude? I'm good, man. Um, Rob mentioned it's cold. Uh, it's cold here too. For the most part, it's. I think tonight it's getting into the 40s. That's freezing for me. I'm a Miami boy. I don't like. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. That's I, I'm nothing. <laughs> I'm not with the cold. Like my dad's from the Caribbean, and I got all his blood. So like the second that it's below 70 degrees, I need a hoodie. And yep. tonight it's supposed to get down to like 20 degrees here, and I'm like, no, I'm just gonna sit in my reptile room. I'm just gonna, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna see if I can put a heat panel on the floor and just lay on it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> nice, oh, for real. Gosh. That's awesome. Yeah, 40 yeah. degrees. I'd be okay with 40 degrees. It's still wearing shorts in New England, right? Yeah. Yes, a hundred percent, dude. dude I can never. I went out today with sweatpants, a hoodie, and then a jacket on top and my beanie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, New England people are different because when it's wintertime <laughs> and you get like a 40, 45 degree day, everyone's out in shorts and t-shirts. They're like, this is summer weather right now. <laughs> dude, I don't know. I don't know about Y'all that. Crazy, but I will t- man. Dude, I will tell you this, man. When I used to go down to New York to visit Lenny all the time, it didn't matter when it was or what was happening outside, that man was always wearing shorts. And it didn't matter if there was three inches of snow on the ground. It was like shorts and and yeah. and, sho- and sneakers. And I was like, bro, as a New Englander, I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. So, Yoshi, for people who might not have heard of you, if they've heard of our podcast, they probably have heard of your podcast. But just a little quick background of, of, uh, of how you got to where you're at and maybe a quick rundown of the things that you're working with. Okay, cool. So, um, to start, I'm not... I would say that I don't have the typical like reptile keeper story. Um, I got into it after high school. I was the kind of kid that I didn't want to get dirty. I didn't want to touch anything. My dad always had animals because he bred birds, but I had horrible allergies. So for Mm. me, I thought animals and I was going to say allergies. So yeah, yeah. I just never thought about it. Um, I pretty much spent all my youth doing music. Um, And then in the uh, Miami local scene, uh, just out of friends and stuff like that, somebody was giving away a turtle. And I was like, wait a second. I don't think I'm going to sneeze on this one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I got the turtle, fell in love with the turtle. One turtle turned into 20. Yep. And then, you know, I'm in the, the reptile industry pretty much. So <laughs> I, right now I'm working with a bunch of turtles, uh, working with, striped mud turtles i have some uh like morph red-eared sliders uh japanese reeves turtles pink belly side necks some map turtles mm. um Heck yeah. tortoise wise only red for tortoises i've done sulcatas hermans yeah greek tortoises uh obviously i got ball pythons everybody's what? got ball pythons <laughs> <laughs> uh then i you know i have my brettles i have some blue tongues and some like felsuma and stuff like that. Oh, and different like new cow stuff, like some crested and some gargoyles. Hey, hey. Yeah. I, I think that map turtles are like criminally underrated. Mm-hmm. They are such yeah. a unique looking turtle and they're just like, you don't, you just don't see them in the hobby yeah. very much. And then yeah. uh, we used to get in like little um, razorback musk turtles mm. and those things have got too much personality for such a small turtle. yeah 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 i used to i used to have a group of them but in the pond that i had them i had a buddy of mine that gave me a whole bunch of fish it was different koi and different cichlids um i didn't know anything about fish i was just like i'm gonna have fish in this pond cichlids Mm -hmm. suck cichlids want (laughs) to fight everything they kill things yeah they're aggressive (laughs) and that's what happened to my razorbacks oh that sucks yeah 
That sucks. You're like, I didn't even want the fish. They messed my turtles up, man. (laughs) Dude, that's crazy. And so you do a little bit of outside keeping too, where Mm. you've you've kept your brettles outside Mm. and and some of your, I think you said you got some felsuma stuff. So you're getting geckos and stuff outside too. And you were able to reproduce a bread lie outside. Mm -hmm. Dude. Yeah. I need to know more. I've, I've listened okay. to a little bit of the process yeah. in, in your podcast, but for, for the people here. Yeah. So uh, something that I wish I had like a, a grand story for you, but something that my dad <laughs> taught me when he was working with birds is that the more you mess with them, the less you're going to get the results that you want. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, I need to put these animals outside when i was when i decided on the brettles my whole thing was i just moved to central florida i want to keep a python outside that can handle this cold and the heat and then i found the brettles you know so it was more Mm. about finding the right pair at the right size that i felt like if i put them in a good cage they're gonna do fine uh so i once they were together i just made sure that feeding them was fine i was you know feeding small meals every week just so i could make sure that they were able to feed separate from each other without messing with each other. Mm. Um, I just really watched their behavior, uh, which was very impressive because, you know, I expected the animals to kind of like be out in certain part of the days and they were not, they only came out at a certain uh, like pretty much like they were out somewhere between four or 5 PM. And then they spent, yeah. And then they spent the whole night out pretty much. And just watching their behavior is that the male and the female always, they always had their places in the cage and they didn't really mess with each other unless they were breeding. Mm -hmm. Um, So honestly, it was just upkeep, keeping them together. They, I didn't really mess with them throughout the cold season. Uh, Right now, what, what what I noticed with the female specifically is she'll go to she'll go to uh, to her arboreal hide. She hangs out there. Uh, the male goes into one of like the I have a hide that's just a bunch of like cinder blocks and then some cypress mulch on top. Mm-hmm. And he hangs out there and they just really haven't come out. And mm-hmm. now I'm just waiting for them to start getting active. Once they get active again, I'll start feeding and just waiting for breeding behavior. So do you have in the cinder block hide area, do you have any heating elements in there? Or is it just like just protected just from the cypress? Yep. That's cool. Yep. 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 And that the cypress mulch thing was something that I learned from Ron St. Pierre. Uh, when I went to his place, I was asking him, I was like, Hey, like, are you doing like any heating? You know, cause I've seen Kenan's video. Kenan always has like some kind of heating and heated you know, box. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and my thing was, I'm like terrified of fire. So I'm like, whatever I'm keeping outside, I got to figure out a way to do this where I can have minimal electricity and heat outside. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like, no dude, like, uh, so Ron was telling me that the cypress mulch kind of acts like, um, insulation. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the sun hits that bag and it's just creating heat, creating heat, creating heat throughout the day. So whatever heat that the animals are going to need they're going to, they're going to find that. And I've seen the brettles come out. Like when it's like, even though the ambient might be 50 degrees, he's sitting right on top, the male specifically on the bag of cypress mulch, just cause it's, it's hotter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. And like, for me, I'm thinking like, okay, as it sits out there longer and longer and longer, it starts to decompose and that decomposing mm-hmm. will create heat too. Yep. Um, have you ever temp gunned it to like, see what temp it's sitting at? Like I haven't. I haven't recently with the, just cause right now I'm getting home so late that yeah. I'm, I'm having issues like finding the right time to do that. Um, mm-hmm. but this weekend is supposed to be like one of the coldest weekends that we've had in, in a while. And that's mm-hmm. when I'm going to go ahead and do that and ch- check all that stuff out. And you're, and they're going to stay outside even with the, with the cold. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah, tight. Dude. I haven't had, I haven't had any issues. Of course, like it's trial and error. The only time that I've, that I will consider to bring them in is if I know it's going to rain heavily and then be cold. That is it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. 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 Mm. But next year, mm. I think I might even do something different because um, something that I do, for example, with the blue tongues that I keep outside is I have like a, a black plastic sheeting. Yeah. That, yeah. That covers the, the water. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I'm going to try mm. that next year to see if I, you know, if I feel comfortable keeping them like that. Hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. The felsuma, do you do the same thing or no? Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's I, wild. That's <laughs> really crazy. Yeah. 
I'm keeping I, I if there's something that I've learned the past few months is I don't believe in reptiles, okay? I don't believe in it. <laughs> I'm keeping, dude, I have crested geckos outside right now that are that they haven't lost weight, that I've noticed like behaviors that they're really coming out and basking when the heat's coming out and taking advantage of the heat because it's cold out. And I've just been keeping an eye on a lot of this stuff. And I'm like, man, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say that they're so tolerant, but I'm like, okay. If I'm if I'm able to like reproduce them like this, like clearly they could handle a little bit more than what we're expecting. Yeah, they're not as fragile as right. people kind of think of them to be. You know? Yeah, right. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that from multiple sources when it comes to like cresteds and and stuff like that, like keeping them outside and you know everybody's like, oh, they're just too it'd be too hot or it could get too cold and they're just gonna they're gonna drop and it's like no, these things are fine, dude. Yeah, like we've we've kind of boxed ourselves in a little bit on methodology and thought processes as far as keeping um so it's it's definitely interesting to hear especially stuff like felsuma i'm i'm surprised by the felsuma i figured that that would have been Uh, yeah i I was like man yeah i so last year i did last year i brought them in whenever whenever it was going below 55 um but this past year i was uh I wanted to give them a bigger enclosure and I didn't have like the foresight to think I am a little dude and I'm going to have an issue bringing this in every yeah. other day. And stuff <laughs> like that. So I was like, okay, let me see how they are the first couple nights of, you know, like some of the cold snaps did, they did fine. And I haven't ever since like with a set where I put them specifically in my yard, I haven't had any issues and I even have babies in the enclosures and they've been doing fine. I'll hmm. feed them on the days that there's sun. I see that a lot of them come out and take advantage of, of the heat. You know, they'll eat, they'll drink some water, and then they'll go and they'll just, you know, find their shelter for the night. Hmm. Yeah. Dude, that's really cool. And I feel like that New Caledonia stuff, um, people are like, oh, you just got to keep it at room temperature. You got to keep it at room temperature. Don't let it get any close to Like, as soon as it gets over 80, it's, it's going to die. You get it underneath this, it's going to, mm-hmm. you know, drop. And I feel like maybe we might be conditioning them as well to be closer like that. If you raise an animal like that, it's entire life. And then it experiences it once it's going to really be more drastic to it than an animal that has just been raised like that. Mm. So that's really interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, if, if you think about like, if you keep them in a box, you know, mm. and like most of us will keep them in a bin or keep them in a PVC enclosure. Like if you have a light on that, like you're just cooking that animal. There's not a lot of ventilation, but mm-hmm. I have them in reptile breezes. So it's a lot of ventilation, you know, in central Florida, it rains a lot. And, you know, if I notice that it, it didn't rain during the week, like I'll spray them a couple times. So I'm keeping them, you know, they are in shade. I'm keeping them, um, you know, humid and stuff like that, uh, you know, with misting and they've been doing fine. Huh. Yeah. yeah. How, how long have you been keeping them like that? Um, I actually, I think I started keeping them like that during summer. So when it was hot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think one of the key things too is you know, we start thinking about the temperature extremes, especially for stuff like new cows, but mm. you know, like when we even had Ron on talking about the emeralds and mm. stuff, like one one of the biggest elements was also humidity and access to water. And if you're able to provide those those elements at the key point, you know, like when it is a hundred degrees in Florida, you know, if that animal is getting rained on by a 75 degree rain, yeah, that animal is not a hundred degrees. You yeah, know? exactly. So it does help kind of regulate that, that intensity. But when we're thinking, keeping in a cage, you know, we're thinking about, Oh, if that cage is a hundred degrees, it's, it's going to be really hard to keep that humidity up or you know like do i have a mist system to do something to kind of mitigate those circumstances and more often than not when we're talking about something like a crested gecko or something we're not talking about a huge enclosure we're talking about you know maybe a little 12 by 12 by 18 exoterra so chances are you don't have that connected to a mist king or or any any other kind of climate control things so yeah you get that thing 100 degrees Right. So it's like, yeah, yeah, you get that thing 100 degrees, it will drop because yeah. it's just got to 100 degrees. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's really no, that's, cool. That is super interesting. So um, so do you notice, I guess, especially with the geckos, because I feel like I know with, with snakes, they're, they're like super, super habitual. So are you noticing the same thing with the geckos, like when they're constantly coming out 
at X time and then like they dip. So not with the Felsuma, the Felsuma really do take advantage of everything in their enclosure. They're active. Mm. They're always doing their thing with the crested geckos. I've noticed because I'm keeping them in trios. I've noticed that each of them has their plant that they want to be on. That's mm-hmm. pretty much it, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, they're going to come out at night just because th- they're mainly nocturnal, you know. Uh, but, yeah, as far as where they're usually at in the enclosure, it's always on the same plant that they just hang out on. Yeah. That's cool. That's super cool. Imagine that, a home plant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to figure in the wild, they're probably using, you know, droppings and scent to mark the areas where they're generally hanging out. Like we see that with toke geckos all the time. Like mm-hmm. even like, um, I'm trying to think like, I've seen people who are like, I let my toke gecko free roam in my reptile room. And it's like, it's got one spot where it likes to hang out. And then like, you'll see it around, but it always goes back to that same spot mm. where it feels safe and secure. And it's got the droppings there of, of the scent to let it know that it's safe. So yeah. it, it's, it's funny that we think of certain reptiles like that and not other ones, you know? Yeah. Hell yeah. Heck yeah, dude. I'm here for it. So so with your blue tongue stuff, are you doing anything with the blue tongues outside or are those just like? Yes. So I actually right behind me, this is my blue tongue rack. Um, mm-hmm. I had about 40 something adult blue tongues and I only have about 20 in this rack now. The rest of them are outside. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. I've been doing blue tongues for a few years now. And again, after visiting Ron and Heather, at their place and seeing the way that their animals look, the way that they behave. I was like, dude, there, there's no way that this is the way for them. There's just, it's just not, you know, mm. I think that th- this, it works or it has worked in the past to get them to breed. So we were able to, you know, have them for the pet trade and stuff like that. But as right. far as like being able to offer the best care for them that, you know, they're going to need UV. They, they can handle temperature drops. They can handle some humidity. So I, I'm cool with keeping them outside, you know, Heck yeah, dude. And do you have yeah. any heating elements within their enclosures or no? Nope, nope. Same thing. Cypress, black sheet. That's it. Mm. Yep, yep, yep. Damn. This, <laughs> the, <laughs> way, the way of nature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. So uh, I, I just like strategically like place things in their enclosure. You know, like mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. that I know as far as like where the sun goes in my house, as far as where the enclosure is, I'm like, okay, at this time of the day, it's going to be the hottest and it's going to be in this area. So I'm going to make sure the Cypress bag is there. You know, it's, it's just a little bit of that playing with what I have. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like that's like, again, when we had Ron on was kind Mm -hmm. of talking about like, you you have to understand where a, where you're at, like Mm -hmm. just geographically, like where you're at, but be like wherever you have your animals on your property, like you'll see like, okay, I get a lot more sun on this, you know, at this time, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. If you have trees and stuff like that, you, you start to work out those, uh, those things to be able to make sure that everything's dialed in. Yeah. 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 I, I, I owe a lot of what I'm doing today to Heather and Ron for sure. Uh, they're, they're brains, man. Like they, they, they know what it is that they're doing. And whenever they talk, I keep my mouth shut and I listen and I'm like, okay, yes, dad. Yes, mom. Yes. <laughs> Dude. I, I still say that, uh, you know, cause we, we have so many different people on and we, we typically don't often talk much on, on husbandry elements. Cause those podcasts really already exist yeah. for the most yeah. part. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but you know, having that podcast with Ron was probably one of the most like thought provoking husbandry related uh podcast I, th- I think we that that exists like period you know because he because he's really like taken so many elements for some of these species that we thought like we know everything about and just like shit on all of it yeah. <laughs> it was just like everything you think you know guess what you're wrong and i can back it up yeah yeah, yeah show you not just one not just two how about 80 <laughs> you know animals that are going through those same things and they're crushing it yeah, you know yeah. like uh seeing his imported emeralds uh that look better now you know eight months outside in florida than they did when they first came in from south america it's just like what did you do yeah 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 cypress and a black sheep <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude, that, that makes me think of um, when we went to Tom Crutchfield's place and those croc monitors. He's He was telling us, he's like, yeah, I just keep these croc monitors outside. And I'm like, and they're, they don't go crazy? He's like, no, they don't have a reason to go crazy. And right. dude, I swear, he just opened up the door, walked right in there, and these things just come right out. Hey, what's up, bro? Everything's just chill. Like Everything's cool. And you're just like, what is going on? <laughs> you're like, I know I'm bad at spelling, but are you Salvadori right now? What the fuck is yeah. going on? Yeah. yeah. That yeah. was a really Jeez. bad reptile nerd joke. I'm sorry. It was. It was. <laughs> I appreciated it. <laughs> <laughs> There's only six other people that will. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, uh, God. Yeah, dude. No, but it's it's super cool, dude. So with your blue tongue stuff, like, are there any projects that you're working on that you're like super super into, or are you just like, hey man, I just really love producing blue tongues. Doesn't matter. What uh, I specifically specialize in like the red stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple years ago, I started like breeding pretty much everybody's red lines together, and I produced what I was calling like the fuego or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's kind of like my project is the Fuego blue tongue. So it's high oh, red yeah. stuff, some like really dark stuff. I have some, some ivories and stuff like that, which are breeding this year. So hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, I'm, dude. That. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, man. What was it like with the first time that you saw an ivory in person? Because when I saw him, I'm like, Whoa, that's, that's <laughs> wild, bro. Um, uh, it, it was, it was, uh, how do I say, I don't want to be like, it was emotional, dude, but it was kind of emotional. Cause I was like, <laughs> Oh my is. God, like we're going to like, this is, this is real. Now mm-hmm. ask me, how did I feel mm-hmm. as I saw the prices drop? <laughs> mm. Mm. That uh, was emotional. Also, also emotional. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, but mm. they're, they're gorgeous animals. Uh, I think that the future is bright with them. Um, a lot of people will see just like a white animal and liken it automatically to like a, a blue eyed Lucy ball Python. And they're just like, Oh, that's like the pinnacle. But I, I don't, I don't see that as like, it's, it's the finish line for it. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a couple things that we can do with them to hopefully bring out some of that pattern. Cause you, you, you'll notice that some of them aren't all white. Some of them have a little bit of like mm-hmm. a pink or a yellow pattern and stuff like that. I think that they're yeah. very, I look at them and it reminds me of like an ivory ball python. So yeah. with an ivory ball python, you can mix Enchi, you can mix leopard, and it'll you can bring out some patterns. So that's kind of where my head is at with ivory. Dude, it's so interesting yeah. to me because like people when when you talk about certain species, they're like, mm-hmm. oh well, like that's the end of the line for it because like look at what it looks like. And for one hundred percent certain. They were saying the same thing, you know, not them specifically, but people in general were saying the same thing about ball pythons 40 Mm. years ago. They're like, it is a dirt brown snake with black markings. You are not going to be able to make this thing look interesting. And then now Mm -hmm. if you look at the color palette that is accessible in ball Mm -hmm. pythons, it just makes me think like when people are like, oh, well, you know, like there's no really purple snakes. I'm like, just think about the amount of things that you've been like have been really thoroughly bred and bred into different mutations to see the variation in color palette. Cause like there are certain areas where corn snakes are very colorful, but mm-hmm. like in general, like the North Carolina corn snakes are brown, bro. They are brown, brown, gray, brown, right. yeah, like dark tan. They're not a very eye catching snake, but you see some of the mm-hmm. color palette and where it can go. It just makes you look at things like blue tongues and people are like, oh, well, like northern blue tongues, they got like, you know, the the bright size and, and they're kind of cool. And then they look at the the like, um, I don't know if they're still calling it Erie and Jaya, the West, the Popwin stuff. And yeah. They're like, oh, well, they're just they're just black and brown. There's there's not anything interesting to be done there. And I'm like, how many people are breeding them right now? How many like different <laughs> mutations have we seen come in? How many? Yeah. We have not started. And if you look at ball pythons from where they started to where they are now, just by working with them and people picking out things and working on it, like there's so much potential in blue tongues, I I think, that people limit themselves a lot when they look at species that are not initially eye-catching and then they just kind of write them off, you know? Yeah, I agree. I'm right. hoping for the same trajectory for blue tongues that that was like uh, ball pythons. 
there's a bunch of different species. They all look kind of different. I think the mm-hmm. community is starting to get to a place that we're kind of like looking at them similar to like carpet pythons where we're like, yeah, we can hybridize them. And, you know, for the it's it's for the pet trade kind of thing. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry. <laughs> and oh, Rob's out. Oh, okay, okay. This done. is the thing. This is the thing. This is the thing. <laughs> this is what the people in Australia are doing anyways with the fucking yes. Easterns and the Northerns. That, you know, because yeah. Easterns usually aren't like the most uh, – they don't have the most vigor and stuff like that. They, they, the males are usually a little bit slow and stuff like that. And being able to get some of the Eastern mutations into the Northerns is what's made them so prolific. Mm-hmm. So, and because we're like so limited on stock of Australia, Australian animals here in the United States, like mm-hmm. if we can bring in like some of the IJs and, you know breed them into the northerns that's going to help at least diversify some of that blood so we're just not doing a whole bunch of inbreeding and stuff like that he hates me now he hates uh, me. I, was gonna, I was gonna say look rob is ready to dip and uh, <laughs> i don't look, know man. i i'm cool look i'm for i'm cool with like my pure northerns like i i do i haven't i haven't personally i haven't hybridized anything Mm. um <laughs> he's yet. like i just want to put that out there just the, yeah, right yeah. now yeah 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 <laughs> well some some turtles i have some turtles i have but that's that's a different thing yeah um but <laughs> as far as the blue tongues no like i i haven't crossed them yet hopefully i can get something in the future but i want to get into the morphs and stuff like that so it's just like, bound to happen yeah he's like i want to breed a northern to a western just to like really get it out there you know no that's different is it though? <laughs> is it? Yeah, dude, I just want to make northwesterns, bro. I just love make the western blue tongues, bro. I yeah, love yeah. those western blue tongues. Those things are so wild to me. Like, just yeah, I like things with contrast. Mm. And when it comes to contrast, western blue tongues are like, yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah. so I, tight. I, I'm very similar with with the contrast and stuff like that, which is what like I've try to i'm trying to focus with my fuego project with the blue tongues because a Mm -hmm. lot of like the red northerns they're either the red is like really whack and it's just the banding is dark you Mm -hmm. know or the red is closer to the orange and bright but then there's no dark banding so i'm trying Mm -hmm. to get like bright red sides with dark banding Mm, that's the whole idea yeah that's interesting yeah, so I mm. I like the idea of playing with these like polygenic variations mm. within them. So and and the reality also is that's how all all of these snakes that have like a million morphs now, like it was it all derived from somebody paying attention to a minute difference, trying mm. to see if it was enhanced, if they could enhance it, and then go from there. And if that piques enough interest, you start getting enough people involved. Bam, you know, you've got the next mutation that that starts to flow in. So yeah, that, that'll be interesting to, to see for sure. Yeah, I used to make fun of one of my friends that he would pick apart every yellow belly slider that he used to like breed. He was like, "Oh, but this one has a little bit of a weird pattern. This one has a little bit." I'm like, "Bro, it's just a yellow belly." I get mm-hmm. it now. I get it now yeah. that I've been doing this a little bit longer. I'm like, I get it. Now. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yep, yep, yep. Hmm. How's uh? How's uh? Breeding I'm, for I you guys to... this time of year? Jeremy breeding a uh, breeding yeah. right now is, is kind of slow. <laughs> yeah. I do have some ball Python locks happening. I speaking of ball Python locks, I'm highlighting this just cause he's here. Hi, Antoine. <laughs> this is not What's a up, safe bro? space for ball Python people. <laughs> That's not it's true. Safe. It's safe. That's not true. <laughs> we'll no, pick on um, you, but it's a safe place. <laughs> it's yeah. It's moderately safe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, no. So I've just, I've got some ball Python stuff happening right now um and then i start breeding the the amazons in another like two months or so it seems to be when they start to cycle here Mm. um so i'm excited for that um i don't think i'm doing too much with carpets this year i might do one or two jungle pairings um i've got a couple i've had a couple locks on some short tails so i'm excited about that um what else what else what else what else what else I think that might be about it for right now. Um, right. Colubrids a little bit later in the spring. I'll do like some cow kings and corn snakes, but um, nothing too crazy. Trying to keep numbers a little limited so uh, I can focus more resources onto the Amazons. Good. 
Good, good, good. Yeah, look at that. I'm not breeding five million ball pythons like yeah. I have in years past. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. Yeah, I, I got some short tail locks. Scrubs uh, won't start cycling for another two months or so. So hmm. Janet's thick as hell. So I'm sure that that should go smoothly. I don't know. I, <laughs> I'll know when the mail start going crazy. I'll be like, okay, cool. It's going to happen. And Rob, just happen. Cypress and Black Sheet. And there you it go. All works Ooh. out, dude. No, I do use Cy- I do use Cypress in her enclosure. So there you go. So black sheet, and you and you're golden, dude. I give. I put a black sheet over it when she was laying her eggs. See, <laughs> we solved it. That's how we you have just given away the true secret of the reptile industry. Right. Yep. Right. Do you ever read that giant book by Kevin McCurley? Wrong <laughs> cypress and black sheep. <laughs> Bro. That's great. Mm. So you work with some Felsuma too. I wanted to talk about those because I thoroughly enjoy Felsuma, even though I don't keep any. I, I like them. So you you got Clemeri, right? No, I have I have Grandis. I have I don't know what the scientific name for the peacocks are. I always fuck it up okay yeah 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 that's what i was thinking of (laughs) yeah yeah and then i have some some line day geckos i i've i didn't enjoy the grandest Mm. i feel like a lot of people are producing them and they're very you know i'm a little guy those are those are big animals for me okay (laughs) he's like they fill up my hands so much yeah 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 and i was just like you know what like I'll, I'll let i'll let some other people mess with those so i'm trying to i'm trying to find a couple more of the smaller species to start working with Glamour Okay. <laughs> They're really cool, Hell man. Yeah. And you can keep them in pretty good sized groups and everything. Wait, so you're saying you don't like standing eye? So if if oh. <laughs> this is the thing, uh, I was supposed uh. to have I was supposed to have standing eye. I can't get too much into it, but now they're with Eddie Soto from Serpentera Exotics. If he's still in the chat, okay. I see you, dog. <laughs> i know where you live dog like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bro, no they're cool I, they're cool though uh, it's just i if i could focus on the smaller stuff small mm-hmm. like me i'm cool with it if you checked out um uh josh's frogs and and they're like micro gecko gecko stuff no i have not dude they work with so many different species of micro geckos like yeah. i'm i'm the last time i went to tinley i was just like looking through all the different species that they had there. Cause I'm pretty sure they had yellow headed reef geckos and like Viper geckos. And I'm trying to think, man, they had clamor. they had so many cool. And they like, they're like, yeah, we just like, like little geckos. So we've got a ton of little itty bitty, tiny geckos. And I'm like, <laughs> I see, I have like really big hands. So when I look at little geckos, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to accidentally squish you. I can't, yeah. I can't do this right now. <laughs> I feel that. Oh, oh gosh. But Rob, it would make for a really good photo op if you had like a bunch of tiny micro geckos on your fingertips. All of my hand. Yeah, Hell I could fit yeah. like 20 of them on there. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be like, Bro. look, I found the world's population of yellow-headed reef geckos <laughs> All on right my here. fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh, cool. I, I, I've been waiting for people to 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 find out about some of those other micro gecko species, because I think with people getting more into stuff that you can keep in smaller enclosures, Mm -hmm. like um, a lot of people in the arachnid community are getting into jumping spiders, which like you just need like a little tiny little thing for them. Uh, People doing isopods. They're just like, I just want this little tiny itty bitty thing and that I can raise in here. And I'm like, Oh, they're all so tiny what the fuck yeah, but yeah. <laughs> the, meanwhile rob's like scrub uh, i'm oh. still pulling it out <laughs> pause yeah <laughs> that's gonna get clipped and that'll get clipped. yes uh, this is my thing so i have to be very careful with what i try to get into because i don't i don't i don't think i want to keep a lot of things in my reptile room anymore i have like my ball python some of the blue tongues but like i think i'm kind of like maxed out with this i want to put more stuff outside so if it can handle heat if it can handle humidity if it can handle cold i'm interested in it uh Mm. i just got a pair well i purchased them they haven't come in yet of uh diamond pythons 
Um, yes. And that's, yeah, that's going to be the next thing. That's going to be the next mm. thing that I will raise up oh, and yeah, work with those. I, I think that, um, that Morelia house, uh, Brandon Wheeler, mm. I'm pretty sure he's got diamond pythons outside in California. Mm. Nice. He posts, I'm pretty sure he posts videos of them on his Instagram. I'm trying to think of whether it was those or, um, uh, carpet pythons, inland carpet pythons. Mm. I'm totally spacing right now. I think it might've been diamonds. I'm pretty sure it's diamonds. I think so too. <clears throat> and um, somebody else that's on the podcast with those guys, they have a, um, they're doing the inland carpets outside. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm cool with the carpets outside. Um, depending on how the diamond, cause I'm not, since they're going to be babies when they come in, I don't think I'm going to stick them right outside. I want to see yeah. how I do raising them outside and uh, ra- as they get a little bit older. And when I put them outside, and raising them in the conditions and see how they do. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of like trying to, trying to figure out my lane here. I was talking to, with Jeremy, I, I think it was like last week that I was like looking at everything that I'm doing. And I'm like, I don't even know how much of this I want to do. Like I'm having issues with like some ball pythons. I'm like, I don't know if I want to keep a lot of this stuff. I'm just like in this transitional period. Yeah. I, I feel yeah. very similarly. I'm like, <laughs> things are about to swift, uh, swiftly change and shift here. Yeah. Um, it, another person who would be good to talk to would be Tom Crutchfield. Cause he's got diamond pythons outside and he reproduces them outside. All frequently. Time. Yeah. yeah. Frequently. Nice. <laughs> it was yeah. crazy when, when we were there, he was like, Oh yeah, there I tempt them and their body temperatures at a, a hundred degrees and they're just chilling there out in the sun he's like it's hot mm-hmm. as shit outside and they're still basking and then all of a sudden they'll just like whoop, down into the water and chill out for a little while and then they'll just be back out basking and it's crazy yeah yeah it, again i don't believe in reptiles man the cold <laughs> they, they, they can handle it yeah the, the brettles i've i've seen the brettles bask at like probably about 110 degrees just That's hanging wild. out on top of a cinder block just taking in all the heat direct sun yeah that's nuts crazy dude i'd be so curious to get a temp gun on that to see what their their surface temperature is sitting at because like that's wild yeah 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 (laughs) i'm gonna pay a little bit closer attention to it this year for sure yeah i i i got a temp gun in in uh that i keep my my reptile in my living room and every now and again, I'll see a snake doing something weird, and I'll, like just go temp gun them and just see like, what the, what are you doing? What are you, <laughs> what are you sitting at right now? Like they'll be sitting like almost touching the heat panel. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true, man. It's true. I, I would definitely be interested. That's the thing that I love about speaking with people who keep stuff outside because you're really taking everything that we that we know, uh-huh. right, and just like, nah. Like that's just not real. That's just yeah. absolutely not real. And yeah, uh, it's definitely it's definitely a, a different experience. I enjoy it a lot. I kind of I spend my whole Sundays outside taking care of the animals, and it's it's like the best day for my mental health. Like it's just uh-huh. the most fun. Yeah. yeah. Hell yeah, dude, hell yeah. I'm and here. while you're out there, you're getting natural sunlight. You're getting that vitamin D. Yeah, yeah. I love a good vitamin D. Pause. <laughs> just click. Yep. Guys, what are we doing? <laughs> We're having a podcast right now, Jeremy. Thank you for joining us. Oh gosh. Oh man. Um, let's see. Uh, we got a question here in the chat. Um, you want to work with some Nerodia outside, bro? No, no. Damn. <laughs> Yoshi doesn't like to get bit, man. What? I don't. That's another thing. I I hate getting bit. I don't want to work with anything that I'm going to like be like worried about. I don't want to be outside. This is the thing. I don't want to be outside bleeding. And then I have to stick my hand in a turtle pond. True. Have you, have you ever been bit by a blue tongue? Yes, bro. Yeah, bro. That's that. That that, hurts. Yeah. It's horrible. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I'm used to it now. Like I'm like fast. So I'm like, (laughs) he's like, I got my wax on wax off. Ready to go, man. (laughs) Like a spider monkey. Yep. Bro. Oh gosh. I'm so, I'm here for it. What um so you're working with a bunch of different turtle species. What is uh like your I don't, I don't want to say your favorite project because I know that there's like a lot of products that you're really into. Mm-hmm. What is one that you're like 
passionate about? Oh, striped mud turtles. Striped mud turtles. Um, oh, sticking yeah. with the little thing, they're small. Mm-hmm. They're small, and surprisingly, they come in so many color variations. It's amazing. Mm. I've 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 worked in the past with a lot of like the really like blonde ones, uh, but then even like different like localities. Well, some of them will have like almost like a brown red like plastron. Some of them like the brown on on the carapace is just ridiculous. Great contrast and stuff like that. That was the first turtle that I got. So it's like close to my heart. Nostalgic. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Fair. That's cool. And redfoot tortoises are the best tortoises. Yeah. Personality wise that I've encountered. So yeah. Can't yeah. go wrong. Can't go wrong with the redfoots. For sure. But wait, what do you think about the redfoot sulcatas? I don't I don't mind them. I remember the first time the first time that I saw them. <laughs> and Rob's gone. <laughs> Here's the thing. Look. This is the hybrid thing. I don't mind a hybrid if you're honest with it. Oh, if boy. If you're honest with it, it is what it is. It has its place. It has its place. The first time that I saw it, I was working for uh, I was working for Amir in Miami, and I showed him a picture. I was like, yo, do you do you think this is real? And he was like, no, it looks like a sulcata that was dipped in Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's pretty awesome. funny. <laughs> That's freaking awesome. So you've worked in, in some reptile shops in yep. Florida. So yes. I, I I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this too while we had you on the podcast because I remember like just in working at Nerd, you get stuff in sometimes you're like, whoa, what the, wh- why, mm-hmm. where, how, <laughs> why, how did this get here when? right now? Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah. Got, we got dragon snakes once and I was like, oh man, did we mean to get these? I don't, I don't think this <laughs> yeah. is... This was meant to be the thing. Yeah, we didn't think this one through. <laughs> yeah. I kept them alive, but like, man, I was stressed out about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so like, in my... Well, sorry, continue. No, I was just going to say, what, what, are there any uh, things that jump out of your mind from, from being in shops and just seeing stuff come in? And you're like, whoa, what the hell? Um, I, I don't think anything too crazy. I mean, specifically like blue tongue. Some of the blue tongues that would come in, I remember there was this uh, Maruki that, Dude, it, it must have been like some kind of hypo or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I was I would look at it every single day and I'm like, dude, do I buy this animal? Do I buy this animal and take it home even though I don't really have a lot of marukis? I'm not really breeding them, but it's just like I haven't figured it out. I don't know if it's worth it. And uh, back then we were doing the, uh, the BSR auctions thing. So it went on auction. It sold. And the guy that had it, like once it got into adulthood, dude, that animal was amazing. Uh- I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. That was one. I was like, damn, dude. Uh, but honestly, my whole like tenure working in reptile shops, I've been doing online stuff. So I don't work hands-on with any of the animals. I like, okay. speci- like I specifically work in e-commerce. So that's all I'm good for. <laughs> Damn. It's the little hands, bro. Yeah, that's I, what I, it is. Yeah. I did hear, hear that you keep things in racks. So that's, that's, that's what they said. Yeah. You're yeah, just good at yeah, the yeah. online stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Dude, all the employees, all the employees at work roast me about the rack keeping. <laughs> it's, it's the worst. The, this new generations of keepers, they need to chill. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, yeah. I think it's just interesting because, um, like, I understand that people are are not crazy about racks, um, but there are some people who are like the racks should not exist. It's like they should, no one should ever keep anything in a rack ever because I said so. And I'm like, maybe you don't understand. Like certain <laughs> certain reptiles just do better in racks and feel more secure in there. And then also, if you think that we should be keeping these animals in any sort of like uh conservation like mindset right you can't just have two animals and call it conservation like unless you're working with galapagos tortoises and even then your numbers are so low that it's not you're saving them from one generation from the inevitable of them becoming extinct right yeah so like you need to have numbers of something to preserve it for the future right and so you cannot do that feasibly at least not in our society in the way that 
things are run unless yeah. you are maybe elon musk i guess could do it give every <laughs> single crested gecko a rainforest room that is made of rainforest and one gecko per room yeah exactly exactly <laughs> yeah. and they get their own self-driving tesla to take yeah. them to get them pureed papaya there you, you know go. um yeah. but people are like you, there should not be any it's like okay if that's the case then every single creature that you want to get you're gonna have to find somebody who is dedicated a huge amount of time and resources to reproducing this animal and they're not going to sell it to you for a you know a amount of money that you're going to be willing to pay for it because (laughs) they have to be able to recoup the cost that they're putting into of course reproducing these animals even if it's just a little bit so like if you want every crested gecko to be a five thousand dollar animal that's okay if that's what you want but realistically and like looking at the bigger picture i don't think that's actually what they mean yeah i think they definitely have their place clearly i have them uh, but something specifically that you said about the conservation thing. So my buddy Tino that also does the podcast. With yes. Me, yeah. He, yeah. He used to volunteer at the OCIC in the Indigo Center. And yep. they used to keep the Indigos in racks for that specific mm-hmm. reason. It's like they need yep. to be able to house as many as possible. They had outside enclosures well, for some of preservation. Them, but, yeah, exactly. it was it had they had the point was to preserve the species. Yeah. So the oh, ends yeah. justified the means, you know? Yeah. And, 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 and certain people don't understand the nuance when it comes to that sort of thing. And they, it's very black and white of like, no racks ever. It's like, what if people keeping those snakes in racks is saving the species? Like, what, what are you talking, yeah. what are you talking about right yeah. now? Like, don't get me wrong. There are absolutely ways in which people can abuse and use racks in ways that are not beneficial to the animals that they're in. Yes, but and that's the nuance, to, right there. To yeah. blanket say, get rid of racks. It just shows that you do not have a yeah. nuanced understanding of the world in in which we live in. You know. Yes, I agree. Rob, what are you talking about? This this mysterious middle ground. What it, what is <laughs> what is this understanding of which you speak? <laughs> Listen, man. I I like to. One of my things is that. In order for me to feel like I have a good grasp on a topic, I need to be able to understand why the other side thinks that they're so right. Because if they are so passionate about something, I'm like, oh, they're idiots. They don't understand anything. Like, you don't fully understand the topic because sometimes they have a point. Like, don't get like, there is a point. There are people who have 5,000 gram ball pythons in 28 quart tubs. Mm. That's fucked up. Please don't fucking do that. Why would you do that? That's horrible. And it's just for profit. But there are also places like the Orient Society and zoos. Every single zoo in the country uses racks and they are AZA accredited for conservation and for education. All of them use racks. What are you talking about, a, Rob? That's impossible. There, there's a place for it. But a lot of people think in this very like black or white thinking, racks are always bad. Racks are bad. Racks are bad. Racks are bad. And there's people who are like, no, racks are good. Put everything in a rack. I can do turtles in racks. I can do, you know, <laughs> people who are like, no, I think that you can do every single thing in a rack. And it's like, maybe not everything, but like, come on, there's, there's got to be understanding from both sides. And that's why, like, there's a podcast called Reptile Fight Club. And uh-huh. um, I like listening to some of those arguments because sometimes they've got people on there who are, like, super duper on opposite sides. And you can hear, okay, this person's really coming from this side and this person's really coming from this side. You go, okay, that person's got a couple of good points and also some probably not some great points. This person over here has got some really good points too. And then you can kind of make your mind up and usually ends up somewhere in the middle and you could be more to one side or more to the other side. But um, I think that uh, I get frustrated when I see people who are like, Oh, racks are the devil. Get rid of every, nothing should ever be in a rack. And I'm like, okay, you just are willfully ignorant or you just have like a very rigid worldview and you cannot grasp information that contradicts what you already think you know yeah i I think that was a great way to put it a hundred percent i agree with you for sure yeah you're such a smart guy dude 
No, I'm still learning things every single day. Every uh, I look back and a black sheet, dude. Yes, <laughs> dude. I learned something new today. That's great, dude. That's awesome. Oh gosh, mm. hell yeah. So so I'm here for it though. So yeah, I think that you're saying that like that blue that crazy blue tongue came in. I think that when I was working at Nerd, every now and again I'd see like a ball python come through, and I'm like, whoa, what the? Where the hell did that thing freaking come from? Where? Yeah uh weird or we would get in you know there was one time jeremy do you remember when we got in the african pixie frogs yes Ooh. giant boxes of african pixie yes. frogs so i think it was like <laughs> i think it was like 150 african pixie frogs yes. and i was like looking through and i was like oh wow this one's kind of more yellow look at this one over here it's got like some actual pattern on it what the hell's uh, going on right now and i'm like this is actually kind of so... cool many pixie so, frogs so many pixie frogs so so many pixie frogs not a fan but, not yeah. a fan <laughs> really you don't like the big walking mouth i don't like frogs whoa, 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 whoa. like oh. blanket frogs i am okay i am terrified of frogs <laughs> mm-hmm. legitimately because <laughs> they're slimy dude i don't it's like a little bit of everything it's like the slimy factor. Ah. It's the big eyes that are just like, like I don't know. And then a Cuban tree frog here in Central Florida hopping at you, dude. Not fun. I don't want that anywhere near me, period. It's over. Okay, so I know how we're pranking Yoshi. When no, we're down to no, Daytona, no, no, bro. Oh, dude. dude no. We're filling up his hotel room with Cuban tree frogs, oh. bro. Alex Concepcion put a toad in my face, bro. I almost disowned him. I was like, bro, like, it's over with us. Dude. Oh, oh my God. God. Okay, You'll see you a grown little man cry that day. <laughs> the tallest man in the industry crying. Yes. And he's like, he's so tall. I didn't think that he would cry. And you're like, tall men have emotions too, okay? <laughs> we just didn't know they would be shown via frog. But yeah. <laughs> that's crazy because like I love frogs mm. a lot. I don't I don't like keep them, yeah. but I love frogs. And like growing up, uh I used to go to New Hampshire camping with my mom and my sister. And when my mom would go to the grocery store, we would just stay outside because they had like a drainage pond out in front uh-huh. of the grocery store. And I would just sit out there with a net and just be catching. Frogs, man, frogs all day. Leopard frogs, bullfrogs, catching them all. I can't hold enough frogs in my hands, man. <laughs> yeah, no, hard pass, dude. Yeah, and it's like, it's the worst because I like turtles so much, dude. Oh, and where there's oh, turtles, yeah, yeah there's always dude. Frogs. frogs, bro. I remember, uh, dude, Ch- dude, Chucky and Tino took me out to go herping one night. And that's like something that I've been trying to do more since I've been in the industries for so long. Like I wasn't really like, not that I wasn't into herping. It's just, I never did it. I never went out and looked for animals. So they've like taken me under their wing and they're like, let's go out, let's go do stuff. And one night uh, after a podcast, Chuck's like, oh, I know where we could find some striped mud turtles if you want to see them. And I was like, a hundred percent. Yeah. But then I would also see that the two of them were like gossiping in a corner. I'm like, what's going on here? And buddy, when I tell you leopard frogs everywhere, oh, God. left and right and left and right. And they were like, Oh, you were surprisingly quiet. And I was like, dude, I'm, I was dying inside. Bro. Oh gosh. Dude. Yeah, that's hilarious. I'm, I'm pretty sure I can find somebody. I can get a chicken frog. And I just, I dude at Daytona. I just won't say anything. It, yes. Just from behind you. All you'll hear is, listen i know i gotta get over it i know i gotta get over at my own pace we'll get you over it we'll get you yes immersion immersion therapy whether that immersion (laughs) is slow and steady or if we're just throwing you in a vat of fucking frogs and telling you to get over it (laughs) oh man dude Uh, so jeremy you want to do the 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 closing question i'm I'm gonna be right right back okay okay all right yes go grab a frog (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. He's coming back with a frog. Okay, so the question, it is our staple question, uh, and that is, what in the realm of reptiles, whether it be something in your own collection, something you've seen online, scrolling through social, what in the realm of reptiles has you excited about reptiles? (laughs) (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha! Raw! 
That's hilarious. It's a, it's a really bad horror movie, but yeah, I'll bring it to Daytona. We can watch it. Okay, so for the audio only listeners, he brought a DVD called Frogs. Frogs. Yeah. It's a it's a really old uh, horror movie about frogs. Today, the pond. Tomorrow, the world. Honestly, oh, I love I love a good horror movie, so I am down. I am so down. Um. Okay. Oh, so one more God. time, the question. Uh, yes. Yeah, so what in the realm of reptiles, be it horror movies from the 80s uh, or <laughs> uh, something in your own collection or something you, you may have seen online? What in the realm of reptiles has you excited about reptiles right now? I hate that. Well, I don't want to say I hate to keep bringing them up, but I'm going to bring them up again. Heather and Ron, what they're doing with blue tongues. That is okay. like a hundred percent. Like if, if I even had like a simmer of my spark, like dissipating for blue tongues that brought it back every time that they post something, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Where can I find more space in my yard to put more outside cages? <laughs> Cause I'm going to figure this out. I want, Heck, yeah. I would say the majority of my energy in the next few years is going to be blue tongues, just blue tongues, blue tongues, blue tongues. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, if people want to find out what you're doing or see what you're doing, where should they go check you out? So Modern Reptile Shop, pretty much everywhere. And I do a podcast with a couple guys called the Reptiles With Podcast. It's like comedy and we argue a lot. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah, man. It's great having you on. I appreciate you coming on tonight, man. Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah, dude. I'd love to do it again. This was fun. I love yeah. you guys. Yeah. I love you too, man. Uh, yeah, be dude. good and temp gun things. I want to see some temp gun. Yes. Pictures. We'll do. I'll send, <laughs> I'll send you temp, pictures. Temp gun yeah. frogs. No temp guns and frogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, man. We'll catch you next time. For sure. Have a good night. Later. See ya.